I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm recording. That was the pre-talk. Recording? No, we recorded the whole time. Yes. Well, there's. Oh, okay. Just go. Okay. Welcome to the 20-somethings podcast. Episode 11. Welcome, old listeners. Welcome, new listeners. Uh, we have a good one in store for you today. Um, we got an interesting topic today. Uh, parenting. How y'all feel about that? How y'all feeling about that? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. Well, fight I, I hope we don't offend anyone with this one. I hope we do. Oh, okay. Uh, we might. All right. Okay, let's get a temp check. How's, how's, how's everybody doing? All right, let's start with you. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been pretty like not busy, honestly. You know, I've just been bored, kind of with work and stuff. I've been filling up that time with like learning new skills and stuff like that. How about uh, Nikki? How you been? Um, I've been good. Um, I haven't been feeling well this week, so I'm finally getting over this cold. But um. This week has just been regular, you know, getting ready for school. Kind of anxious about that because I have to go back in person. But you know, anxious for nothing. Amen. You know, there's I've heard like a few people having that weird cold this week. Like my sister oh, had that too. I'm over it though. I'm over but, it. But it's so. not COVID though. It's not COVID. So this is not that. Whatever How about you, Fifi? You know, life's been good. Life is good. Same old looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I mean, I love when I make her look nervous. Stop. Same old, same old. Working. We did a movie night on Monday. All of us. Oh yeah, that was fun. Oh, what uh, movie? Watch the SpongeBob movie. I just and you, you were there. And you I'm were just there. So I'm just interviewing. You're not interviewing. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow's Friday, tomorrow's payday, so. Ooh, I like lobster, by the way. Pay some bills. That's beautiful. How about you, Miss Mel? Um, you know, saving the best for last, but um, I think <laughs> this week really, this week was really, you know, I don't know. It's the last day of in my internship. School ends. Oh, um, we got to applaud you for that. School's basically over. I still have some assignments to do, so, you know, I'll get to that. But I'm just kind of, like, burnt out, and I'm just ready to be over. But, yeah, it's kind of surreal. It doesn't really feel real. I don't think it feels real until I submit my assignment. No celebration, no ceremony um, for now. So, um, uh-huh. you know, I got my cords and everything, but I don't, you know. They're not allowing, the, like, um, ceremony still because of COVID? I mean, I don't think there's going to be, I think there's going to be one in fall. So we just probably walk with fall graduates. But I mean, you know, at least go some of my diploma in like the next two weeks. So how does it feel to Good be job, like a huge weight is lifted off your shoulder? It, you know, it, it, it feels like it, but at the same time, I don't know yet. Like, I feel like there's still assignments to do. So I, once that's done, I'm going to be like, okay, dang, this is actually kind of real, you know, but um, mm-hmm. it's a 4.0 semester. Um, you know, Three semesters in a row, so yeah. Damn, I didn't even know you was like that. 
All glory to God, you know? Yeah. Oh, Kizzy. What about you, David? Me? Little old me? <laughs> I'll just play it. Uh, my week was slight. I've been working. Night shifts. Taking the toll on my body, but we thank God. How's it being a new nurse in the field? It's good. Like, what's it called, though? I feel like I'm catching on to stuff pretty fast. Um, but it's just the night shift is different, man. Like, it's really, really different. Like, you have to, like, adjust, like, the day before to, like, switching to night shift and then, like, the day after. So it takes more days than, like, you're working, if that makes sense. Okay. So, but overall, it's good. Those more pay, you know, so shoot. Get that money. Get that money. Get that money. But yeah, let's get into the topics, though. Um, so this week, we're going to be doing one topic like we did in our best episode ever, uh, the <sighs> heartbreak anniversary. Um, so, but this time, we're going to be work, uh, focusing on parenting. Um, so from our perspective, we're all like Nigerian-Americans. So we might have a different upbringing or perspective on that. So uh, what style of parenting do you think is most effective and why? But actually, before we go into that, let's ask, like, for each one of us, like, what was the parenting style, like, you grew up with? Hmm. Party? Start with you, uh, David. Uh, yeah, uh, you should start. No, I'm, asking. No, I'm asking. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was parented, I, I have, like, I'm a child of uh, five. So most of, like, the harsh, um, harsher side of Nigerian parenting was dealt to my, like, older siblings. Um, and when it was my time, you know, uh, my mom was really lenient. Like she didn't do any sort of like spanking or anything like that too much. Um, mm. and I, I won't say I was like a brat or like spoiled or anything, but I got what I want more than not. Like, um, you know, it wasn't like a, a situation where like, I just, every, everything I asked for, I get, but it was easier for me than compared to like my sisters and my brother. You know, and I felt like because I'm the youngest and our age gaps are so wide, um, I spent a lot more time with my mom in the house um, and alone as well, because a lot of them moved out of the house when when uh, when I was like a teenager. So I would be like in high school and like no one else was living at home. All of them were at school, you know, so we got we have a close relationship for that reason. Um, but yeah, man, like I would say it's fairly typical minus beatings and spankings too much like it was it was pretty regular what'd you say so did you say too much i said like not as not not a lot of beating like just like lower level beating like not crazy <laughs> lower level beating lower level. So like maybe like a spontaneous slap in the kitchen or yeah, something. yeah like you know if i just talk, say something sly and then she just give me one of those like and i just hold the position you know but <laughs> yeah nothing crazy but like with that style of parenting like do you think i don't know it was good for you do you think that like since you were the youngest you might have been a bit more spoiled and didn't really prepare you for some things um that's a good question uh i feel like that's a, that's a good question. I don't think I was like unprepared, like especially becoming an adult. My mom set a really good example with like things like how to manage money, how to treat things like, you know, what to spend money on, um, you know, how to be a good person, you know, how to be a how to be a Christian. She was a she was a great 
she was a great spiritual leader in my life, you know, even to today, you know, so I wouldn't say like, you know, how I was treated sort of like put me one way or the other it was good. It was a good, a good parenting that I received. And you can see the product of it. Oh, where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it down a little bit. That's cool. Uh, how about you, Fing? As the oldest daughter of Nigerian parents, I definitely, the first 16 years of my life was definitely ruled with an iron fist. But yeah, like it was definitely like whoopings. Like I was just like scared not to do anything bad because I did not want to get whooped. Um, but I think my siblings, because I'm, I'm the oldest out of three, so my siblings were more chill. I think my mom and my mom like cooled down a bit. So from like 16 onwards, she kind of like switched her parenting style and it was just like an equal balance. But I will say like from the earliest I can remember from like age six to at least 14, I was definitely scared of my mom. I was definitely like, I am not going to do anything wrong. If I'm going to do something wrong, I'm going to get whooped or I'm going to get yelled at or things like that. But I think also it gave a foundation of like respect, like how to respect your elders and such. That's such a huge thing in the Nigerian community. Um, But other than that, I would say formed me into like the leadership I am in today. Like, you know, especially as the oldest sibling, I think you're kind of the first, you're the test, you know, the prototype. And then the other two siblings, you kind of know what to do from there. So I don't fault my parents for anything. I think, you know, my childhood was great. It's just like the discipline side was definitely heavy. Most definitely. They turn it up on you. Yeah. For no reason. But yeah. But now it's cool. I wouldn't say beat a lot, but it was just like a threatening like, if I, if I, you just you be screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you was definitely getting screaming. <laughs> I can see that on you. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Go ahead. Hey, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, how about you, Nikki? How was your, um, I don't know, your parenting style or whatever? Um, I don't know, like. I think mine's kind of like a combination of a lot of different types because I was the only child until I was like maybe 11. So I kind of relate to Aura a little bit, like how he was alone a lot and he was really close to his mom. But then I'm also the oldest of like nine siblings. So, I mean, we don't all live together, but like I still have that position. I'm the oldest. So it's kind of like that oldest daughter feeling like you have a lot of pressure on you. But at the same time, like, I think my mom's parenting style made me very, like, a very caring person. I'm very sensitive. So I think sometimes, like, maybe if I had an older sibling, I'll be more tough or, like, a little bit. I don't know. But I feel like my parenting style, whatever, helped me be a good person overall. Like, I care about other people's feelings. I care about things that are like morally right and wrong. So I think that side is like good. Um, What else? I think like, I know how to spend time by myself because I was alone a lot, but at the same time, it's like, dang, like I wish I was, I wish I had somebody to be with right now. But now that I have all these people around me, I'm begging to be alone. So it's like, it's the best. Get out of here. Exactly. Like I love it. Sometimes I don't like it, but overall, 
my parent um my childhood was good like i didn't really get whooped i rarely got whooped just you know like spontaneous mm-hmm. slap if you talking crazy or whatever but i never had like scheduled whoopings i never had an instrument <laughs> that scheduled. none of that like were you I, a bad kid no i follow directions anyway um yeah and i was like really shy i didn't act out in school i wasn't you know like i didn't have attitude at school i was just i followed the rules growing up so yeah got you uh how about you melody um i was bad i was bad from the age of 12 to 17 years old i was bad kid like it's really bad um so, so that made my parents to be really, really, um, you know, authoritative. Like they were like, you know, you can't do A, B and C, da, 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 which I don't know if that made me like, you know, kind of act out. But they had a reason to because I was just bad. Like I just was, you know, I wasn't a delinquent. Like I wasn't stealing or going to jail or prison or juvie or anything. But I was, you know, I didn't listen. Like I, I you know, in retrospect, it's like what were you doing? You know what I mean? So and I got a lot of beatings. I got a lot of beatings, um, a lot of punishment. Um and it's like and I guess you know now that I'm thinking about it okay it was well deserved but you know sometimes I was like dang you know but yeah I just I just couldn't get a grip I couldn't get a grip until I was 17 years old I think I was in um yeah I was a a senior in high school since 2015 and I remember the last time I got beat was April of 2015 2016 and yeah that was that was it like that was remember the the day I remember the day it was April remember the day it was April second. It was April second, two thousand and sixteen, and that was like when everything shifted. And it was like you, like I have to get to get, I have to get it together. Um, but yeah, for those five five years, I was just tortured. You know, I was, I was like, you know, not disrespectful to teachers or anything, but I was just like, you know, I had an attitude with them. I was one that was always like, like yeah, I just always had to put on this show for people. You know, growing up, but um. I'm not like that anymore. I think my, you know, my relationship with my parents are a lot better, a lot more free. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I agree with that. Um, I think I had a good, like, childhood pretty much. I think there's like, I think we could pro- all probably like relate, like from the Nigerian parents standpoint that like, we probably all live more sheltered uh, childhoods. Can you agree with that? Yeah. I think that's, it's like good and bad. I feel like growing up, like, of course, you don't want your kids to be like going to bad things and stuff. But I feel like when you grow up and it, like it's kind of hard to be like a doll on your own, like compared to someone who's like exposed to more stuff. But um, I think definitely like my work ethic and like probably like where I'm at, like in my career and stuff is definitely like because of my parents, like they always push me and do all that kind of stuff. So uh, beatings wise, I think I got beat a lot. Yeah, definitely. Very, very often and early. You were a bad child, huh? I wasn't actually really a bad kid, honestly. I, like, followed most of the rules, but, like, you know, when I did mess up, I really messed up, so, like, yeah. I got straightened for real. Are you oh, the yeah. oldest? Are you the youngest? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest. I'm a PK, um, so I think my childhood was probably a bit different, too, so. Yeah, but overall, I think it was probably good. Um, I just think, like, What's weird with like having like Nigerian parents having like adult relationships is different mm-hmm. just because like they don't really know how to like handle that in a way. So like parenting adult children is like really, really tough because they still want to be like, you know, on you like you're a kid, but they don't always like respect the boundaries, in my opinion. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? I was actually going to say like there's like a point in every I don't know if it's just a Nigerian thing. 
but you have like a shift in your relationship with your parents where they start to like view you less as a child and more as an adult. And I feel like some parents have a harder time doing it. Some parents have an easier time doing it. Like my mom, when I went to college, um, like I still sort of felt like I lived at home a little bit. I did live on campus, but I would come back frequently. But when I like, when I moved out, out like here, you know, it, that's when the moment really felt like, you know, like she no longer views me as like her, you know, little boy or whatever. Like, and then I feel like our relationship dynamic sort of shifted more or less, not prioritizing respect because she already knew that she has that from me, but more so prioritizing, like trying to like get to know me in a way, like mm -hmm. in a deeper way that she had not really done to that level before. So I don't know if you guys felt that same way too, but yeah. does it feel like weird? Like now she's trying to get you, get to know you more, I guess, than before. It definitely feels weird because like she, she would never like talk to me about like girl stuff, for example, you know, like <laughs> she would just like, what, I, I think the only time I ever like vague, like specifically remember is that uh, like one time I was in the rain standing next to a girl waiting for her to pick me up. And then when I got in the car, she was like, is that your girlfriend? I'm like, bro, uh, I have the same experience. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, um, I like, that's so weird. Like, you never asked me anything about this before. And now you're asking me if this is my girlfriend. Like, and then from that, yo, college, she did not, we didn't have any talk about any girlfriend. Then I think when I was about to, when I turned 20, we had a conversation about, because I was, I was dealing with someone at the time. And then that's when we started having better discussions about relationships and stuff and the, you know, moving from there. But yeah. I just feel like it's so awkward to do that though. Like at this age, cause growing up, it was like, no, you can't have anything like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, where's your girlfriend? Like, yeah. she mm -hmm. And it's just like, uh, I, I, this is wrong. Like, even if I'm like dating at this age, I'm like, will my mommy and daddy be okay with it? Like, like subconsciously just because like, I've always been like that, you know? I remember, like, I think when I was 19, I was, like, probably, like, a junior or sophomore in college, and then my dad, like, took me out for a breakfast, and he was, like, talking about girls and marriage, <laughs> and I was, like, I was, like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's, like, yeah, you know, you're getting, you're almost 20, like, you know, these kind of things are going to come up, and I was, like, wait, so I'm allowed? Like, so it was just, like, a big shift, because I think that's, I think it's a problem, too, because I think when we're growing up, we should probably get, like, you know, the talk like I don't I didn't really get a talk like that or any or whatever so like once I'm growing up now you're talking about it's a, it's a bit weird but I think for me like my mom was really open about stuff like that she always encouraged like conversations like that but it's not like I could have boyfriends when I was young but she always tell me like be careful da, 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 all this kind of stuff so I think it makes it not so awkward now as an adult but deep down I'm still like mm, like I don't want to talk about it but it's not like I'm allowed, like, you know, it's not like such a big shift because it was always encouraged in my house. Hmm. Me is the opposite because I used to get in trouble. Like, why are you talking to boys right now? You should be focusing on your schoolwork. And now that I'm like 24, almost 25, I remember from the age of 21 to 22, my mom was trying to set me up with random people because my mom was a business, right? So a lot of women come and get their hair done. And she'd be like, do you have a son? I have a daughter who's da -da 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 -da, and I'm just like, this is not how you were two years ago when I was 18. Now it's like a total flip of the switch. Like, she's like, when are you, you're supposed to be married. You're supposed to have a boyfriend by now, X, Y, and Z. But like that expectation was not conveyed. 
during my teenage years? How can I just flip and just be like, yeah, mom, I'm dating this person right now. It's like an awkward conversation to have. And also when you become an adult, you know how Ernest says like, his mom is trying to get to know him in a different aspect. I think we learn more about our parents as well. Like our parents start to open up and become like very personable. It's like, I didn't know you were like this. Why did you act like this when I was 16? We could have like been best friends. Like a friendship with you now instead yeah. of just being your parent. Exactly. It's no longer like a domineering thing. It's just now I can have a conversation like an adult, but I will say that transition, we did butt heads a bit because I was like, listen, beatings is not going to work on me anymore because it's uh, not going to scare me. Like, it's just going to be like, why are you putting your hands on me? Now it's like talking, you know, adult to adult. So did you ever get into oh. fist stuffs with your mom? Never. Mm-mm. Wait, when was your last beating? Do you remember? Um, Like true beating or like a pop? A true beating. Uh, True beating, true beating. I would say around like 17, like like Melody was about to graduate college and I was feeling myself. I'm like, I'm about to to go to ASU. I'm about to be in the dorm. You can't tell me nothing. Joke's on me because I stayed at home. All of college. I did not stay in the door. <laughs> yeah, that was not a... She was like, you can go. And then I was like, ah, we actually can go. So we're stuck with each other. And I still currently live at home. And it's, it's. I think it's like a very balanced... I mean, it's saving me money, you know, overall. But it's a very, like, chill environment. It's no longer that I'm scared to ask you, can I go out? I can just go out and come back home. Those sort of things, so... Do you guys have any African parenting questions? I have a special guest here in the background. Oh, wow. Who's that? Is it mom? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> oh, he- hello, ma. Hello, ma. Good evening, Good evening. 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 She loves the podcast. She loves to talk. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. You guys have questions for her? You guys have a question for an African parent. We have one live in the flesh right now. She's not on camera. Live in the flesh. <laughs> um, I don't have a question right now. I don't think I have a question right now. No um, question. I'll ask a question. When you were growing up, how did you feel, view your parenting, like how your mom raised you? You come close to the mic. So we can hear her very well. Just turn the camera off so she don't show herself. Okay. If she don't want to, yeah. Okay, my camera's off. All right. So you, when you were growing up, how did you feel like your parenting, like how you were parented? How did that affect you in your life? Hmm. Wonderful question. Definitely, African parenting is completely different from American parenting in the sense that, as you all know, in Africa, when an adult talk. You can't talk. You can't talk back. You can give your opinion. It's what the adult says that will be the finer, you know, and you just go along with it, whether you like it or not, whether you know more than them or not, you just go along. And definitely that is going to put a damp on your spirit. That is going to change kind of, I will even say your destiny, because if God created you to be someone that talk, like I was listening to Joyce Myers. He says when she was growing up, she talks a lot. Imagine if the parent kind of could tell her when she was young from talking, she might not be able to fulfill destiny. 
you know. I mean, mm -hmm. because growing up in Africa, if you talk too much, believe me, you are going to get slapped in the mouth. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> You're going to get slapped. You know, that can come <laughs> someone's destiny, you know, the destiny that God has for you. But it can only delay it, though, or you will get there. Like, for me, my mom won't let me do so much. It's like, it's like a flower that doesn't, that wasn't allowed to blossom. But mm. thank God for for encountering the word of God. The more I get into the word of God, the more I realize that, oh my God, no, this is not the way I was created. And, you know, knowing God kind of gave me that confidence and the boldness to start blossoming, you know, it's like, and everybody kept saying that, oh, you've changed. What happened to you? I said, this is real me. Because when you are growing, when uh, the parents see some character in you, they want to curtail it. They want to mm. cut it off from you. Like, this is a bad character. In their home, in our culture, you know, there are some things that are allowed and there are some things that are not allowed, you know. So they kind of cut your wings. It's like you have wings to fly, but they won't let you fly. But they can only stop you for a little bit, though. Thank God for God. Mm -hmm. God's plan can never be changed. It can be delayed, but it can never be changed. So I would say African parenting, believe me, was very tough, very, very tough. But thank God that we're in America. Yeah. Wow. God bless America. Continue to do good. I'll see you guys later. Have a great night. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Wow. Unexpected. Yes, I like that. <laughs> that was great. I love it. I like that perspective too. You have a little background perspective from an African parent, you know, firsthand experience and the difference between our parenting as we grew up. A little little word to bless y'all listeners. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Melody? I think with relationships, um, I was I was sneaky with boys for like a long time. So like they didn't trust me with any with relationships. So like I was always getting in trouble with like, oh boys, like why are you talking to boys? Whatever for a long time. So that twelve to seventeen was just a long a long a long part of my life that like I look at myself like you did too much but like now i mean I've, I've never introduced like a boy to my parents or anything i you know i don't expect to until i'm like ready or whatever so it's like i think one time my dad brought up like oh you know like you know it's, you know you're you're of age whatever and i was like yeah i know you know i don't really need to go ahead like i'm i'm just you know whenever i'm ready i'll bring him home type of thing mm -hmm. um i mean it, it seems so far back then like oh my mom was like you'll get your degree first before you start like you know doing that and I'm like now I'm here and it just feels like that's still so far away to me to be in a serious relationship so like you know anybody that I that like I do bring home he's gonna be like okay yeah this is gonna be the one I don't have time for like you know wasting time or anything so you know I guess I don't think my parents are expecting they're not gonna be like oh when is the you know is they're still gonna say okay be independent a little bit you know stack your money and everything and because then once you get into that relationship, that's it. Like you're, you know, you're with that person. You have to, you know, you have to think about their, their everything. So yeah, you know, relationships is just a whole different topic with the topic of like, you know, butting heads. Sometimes me and my mom do butt heads now because it's like, we see each other as friends. So mm -hmm. it's like, when we talk, it's like, sometimes I'd be a little bit too free and I'm like, wait a minute, uh -huh. like, <laughs> chill out, you know? So we do. Okay, argue that. Um, there was one time that like, I, actually put my foot down with like you know my dad and I was like you know I'm not I'm not a kid anymore um 
you know, I'll definitely respect you. I still live under your roof, but like, you know, I, I still, um, I'm about, I'm 22 years old. So it's like, I, at this point, you know, just, you know, I, let me make my decisions. You know, I'm not going to obviously do anything crazy. I'm not going to kill myself, you know? So it's like, I'm, I, you raised me enough to know what to do. So it's like, you know, like I'm saying like, I'm not going to do anything that's going to kill myself. I'm not going to go and jump. Up the so it's like, at this point, um, I don't have a problem with like, okay, they just say, oh, be careful. You know, it's like Fiend said, I'm, I'm not going to be begging. Mommy, please let me go to, uh, no, it's like, hey, I'm going to do this. I've already thought in my mind, it makes sense. So I'll see you whenever I come back. So, yeah. Um, I kind of went into this earlier um, about how like my upbringing like kind of affected my adult life. Like, I feel like I was more disciplined, like hardworking and all that mm. kind of stuff. How about you guys though? Like, how do you think like it affected you? Like, like compared to your peers, like I'm, I guess we all have friends that aren't like from our same backgrounds and stuff like, and they probably have different parenting styles and perspectives. So how do you think that like your parenting style, like influenced how you are in your adult life? I think it really pushed the, like Nigerians, like um, a collective society, like you, you're supposed to make it for your family. You know, whereas Americans is very individualistic, like 18 out of my house, this, like Africans are very like close knit, like stay in my home, work for your degree. And I also think like my upbringing made me very, um, what's the word, what's the opposite? Like hardworking, like not lazy, not like super um, dependent and just making sure I make it for myself and my family so I can, you know, return everything they've done for me these past, you know, my entire life. So um, it also made me like realize like respect, like a lot of people don't know how to respect other people. Like they'll talk to anyone anyhow. I don't know if that's just like, like people don't respect their elders nowadays. They talk out of their necks, they're undisciplined, things like that. I think Nigerians really push it that you have to do X, Y, and Z because this world will screw you over. So that's what I got from my upbringing. Um, but yeah, very disciplined, very like have a goal, achieve it, next step. Have a goal, achieve it, next step. Um, but at the same time, they're really big on the spiritual aspect. Like don't always think you're relying on yourself. You know, always give thanks to God, give glory to God, things like that. So, yeah. Sure. Actually, on that point, for you, like we talked about like the spiritual part. Uh-huh. I actually, I agree with that. But I think like... Um, like in a lot of our churches, like we let a lot of cultural stuff like seep into. Yes. And then like, I think a lot of the children, like I feel like people in our generation now, mm-hmm. they probably won't go to the same type of church that their parents go to like redeem or whatever, just because of like the trauma, like that they got growing up, not because of Christianity or religion necessarily like what that is, but just because the culture like around it, like, Oh, if you're wearing this, you're going to hell or Oh, you're fat. I hate you, all this kind of stuff like that. So I think that kind of like pushes some of the generation like away and maybe they might not even be Christian or like go into like a completely different church. What What do you guys think though? Like, I fully agree. I think um, a lot of Nigerians are struggling with like finding the balance between God and Jesus. And then this is what our culture says. You can't wear nose cuff because my mommy and my daddy said that I don't do that in my house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, these are the things that they grew up with. And you know, while, while culture is good, it's like, sometimes it's a hindrance to just being free. It's like you put yourself in bondage 
We didn't mm-hmm. even consult with God, like, okay, should I do this or should I do this? And he's like, I've given you freedom already. So I think a lot of Nigerians, especially like, you know, and our parents, obviously they're learning now, they're learning a lot of things, but you know, in the past, it was just so tough. It was so tough to just feel like, you know, an individual to feel like, this is who I am and I'm pursuing Jesus Christ and I have my struggles and everything. And here I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to separate myself from, from my parents' religion and, you know, and just finding myself um, in God and, and, you know, serving in my church because I, I, I love God and I want to do these things for him. And I will say, this is not just an African thing. I feel like a lot of, you know, African-Americans also struggle with this because there's culture. Culture is so heavy. Culture is so heavy when it comes to religion. And that's what was, that was, sorry not to get into like a really religious debate, but like that was what was going on in the Bible times. Like the Pharisees just knew culture. That's all they knew. And like, they, there was no differentiation between knowing Jesus and then knowing culture and then like how to like how do we separate them? Because um, that whole like, oh, you know, you can't wear a skirt or you or you can't wear pants. You can't do this. Or how, why are you wearing weave? You know, those things. It's like, why did Jesus Christ come if we're going to be struggling with those things? So, you know, I think Africans, um, especially that like fear of like coming to church because of, you know, one auntie's going to say something to you is there is really is there and it's there for a lot of people. And it's something that we just, you know, they're going to leave soon. So, like, you know, we just got to be patient and just let them wait it new out. Generation. Like, new generation. I'm saying, like, you know, they're going to get like older. Die. That's why I was like, I thought I was. Uh, I mean, the reality <laughs> of the situation is that generations come and go. Like, that's what happens. Generations are going to step back from leadership. Like, exactly. Church is very, like, not to generalize African churches, but it's very societal pressure. Like sometimes they're not even going to church to pursue Christ. They're going to church to see what auntie has the new gile on their head or what are they wearing or what car are they driving just to like fall out. They choose church to show the area where they have money and such. But um, like Melody said, new generation is coming. We identify these trends in our culture and we recognize like, this is not correct. This has been going on too long and hopefully, you know, we can change that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's just like for a lot of people that grew up in church, it's hard to like compartmentalize like what really like Christianity is and like what culture is. It's like really tough. And they just associate it as one of they're like, Oh, I, Christianity is too traumatic. I can't do it right now. Like they won't even like look at it at all because of the trauma like they had when they were growing up. So yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate really unfortunate um yeah i mean i think you guys hit the nail on the head when you say um people sort of have a they have a bad taste in their mouth from whatever experience they've had um in terms of so just to get it back on the parenting tip like in terms of how their parents parent them and then how they parent them in terms of their relationship with christ um i think that a lot of them I want to say they don't really give them like children the freedom to sort of uh, ask questions and, you know, dive deeper for themselves. They, it's sort of sometimes they could feel like a bit force fed. And then when you get older, like, you know how with like food, like when you're when your mom feeds you something at a young age and like she's forcing it down your mouth like that girl, you grow up to hate that food. Like, I do not want to eat that, you know. Versus like giving your child some space to learn, you know, I think that's really lacking in Nigerian, Nigerian uh, culture. Um, I personally think that that our generation will be the ones to sort of change that because we experienced it. So we know what like, I feel like, honestly, I feel like our generation of Nigerians will be like the best parents, like, because we're going to have the complete perspective in terms of um, like 
how real life worked and you know how we battled how we battled our own personal experiences and juggled that with you know our faith and all of this stuff like i feel like when they were back in nigeria and they were younger uh, it was more like straight to the point and it was less yeah. like it was less it was it was very clear like what they were supposed to do but mm-hmm. in america it's 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 not as clear it's i think there's a lot more challenges that you face in this yeah. sort of society and this sort of culture so yeah, yeah. And in Nigeria, like, that's all they know. Like, that, they don't know anything else. But, like, here, when we see our friends, like, not having that experience, it's like, ah, why am I going through hell? That's why I say we'll be the best. And I'm, I'm not saying, like, we're going to be better than them. But in terms of relating to a child, like, because you, you can remember, we're going to be able to remember how we felt and how it was to be like them. And I feel like that will help the relationship there. But, yeah. Um, You guys kind of said everything but um my parents are not as like traditional and they're also younger so I feel like that plays a lot into how um I make decisions like nothing's really forced on me everything's always like oh if if you want to do this you can do this I always had the space to ask questions even like with religion um there was a time where like as a kid I used to think oh only grown-ups like are Christians like only grown-ups pray only grown-ups do this so I didn't really think that I could have my own relationship with God but like I was able to ask questions it wasn't like if you don't do this you're gonna do this like it was always a discussion it was always a conversation it wasn't like forced on me so I think I'm really grateful for that true all right like um since you mentioned like you think our generation will be like the best Nigerian parents right that's what you said yeah yeah i mean not just for the religious reason but like there's one thing you and i we talked about it before in text uh, you probably remember when i bring it up um i think that nigerians first generation parent nigerians didn't do the best job of investing in their children's interests like they were more invested in investing in the children's education and making sure they secure a, a, a good job which is good and i understand it because they 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 took the the biggest risk of leaving wherever they were grew, grew up from and you know they came here and they want you to be a success they don't want you to fail right they they want to put you in something that is guaranteed as a success you know but in the process of that i feel like a lot of like a lot of like passions that some children might have had a lot of like things that might have interested them that did not have to do with school was lost on the wayside and they did take up that role and they did get that job but now they're in the role and they feel unfulfilled they feel they feel bored you know they don't feel like this isn't doing it for me like it doesn't satisfy the part of me that you know like that has to do with things i like honestly there's people who go to school and you know how the general things like oh doctor nurse engineer all this one i like there are people who do that they you can talk they don't like it like they really don't and they might have like else have they okay well okay I, i'm an engineer so i mean but like are you, like, you know, that? like see so you know i feel like as to go to go back to what you asked like i feel like at least me like i'm gonna recognize that and i know like my mom didn't do anything wrong when she made me prioritize education that's what she should have done Right. But when I deal with my own child, what I will do is I'm going to also, you know, just as education is important, I'm going to make sure that their interests are up there and they're being fostered as well. 
right? So we can find something that you actually tap into that maybe is not education, but you're really, really good at it. And it can potentially become profitable for you, you know? So I, that's my, that's my personal view on it. Mm-hmm. I don't, right. we don't blame them. I don't blame them for trying like our, like that generation before us in securing those roles, doctor, lawyer, engineer, medical science, whatever, because like in Nigeria, like art is not going to make you money. Like art is not going to keep that water running, that electricity At running. So the fact that they immigrated from Nigeria to America, that culture shock, uh, they're not going to be like, oh, my child will now pursue uh, liberal arts. Like, no, that's not something. They have to basically rewire their mind to be like, to do so. So I think um, I don't fault them for it, you know, because at the end of the day, they are looking out for the security of their child. But I will say now that I'm older, my mom's always like, do something that you love, like do something that you're passionate about. So you're not feeling unfulfilled. So I do feel like some of them do did rewire themselves and did realize like money's not everything at the end of the day, like being secure is not everything. You can be so rich. Why are people committing suicide, killing themselves? Because they're not happy, they're not fulfilled in whatever they're doing. So I just want everyone to recognize we are not bashing African parents for making us become doctors and lawyers. No, we love black excellence, um, but also we do want to foster a child's creativity. We don't want to squish that area down because I think that also plays into emotional intelligence as well. If some Africans are too logical, it's too black and white, they never see the gray area of things. So... I think that has to do with, you know, the goals parents set. Go to school, get your degree, find a husband or wife, have children. It's always like a box, a box, a box, but it's never like, pursue what you like. Try this new interest, try this new hobby. I mean, me personally, my parents did do that, but, you know, majority of people I've interacted with, they say no, their parents want them to do X, Y, and Z, so. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, let's go with the scenario you're talking about, like when we were speaking, like you talked about like to, uh, if you're a parent and like you have to you're the one who has to pay for someone's uh like your child's school right right you remember that yeah yeah so like if it's not like whatever they want let's say they want to do some kind of weird art design or whatever the hell it is and like that's not looking like it's going to make them money i don't feel like i feel like the child number one should have like okay number one have interest and like is showing that okay they're really serious about this you know what i mean like you shouldn't just be like oh yeah i'm kind of interested in this but maybe tomorrow you change your mind so when it comes to stuff like that i don't feel like a parent should be like obligated like oh you're a bad parent if like you don't pay for that kind of stuff like because number one you want like your child to be secure first like maybe for the first degree and then after that you could do whatever you want you can like still go back to school you can still do whatever you want um but I think a lot of the times they want you to like just be in those STEM careers and stuff because that's like secured and stuff like that. And then and the number two, like a lot of parents, like they can't afford to like really just pay for all their child's school anyway. So like if they're going to contribute to something, they want it to be something that's like more secured and something that like, you know, would make them money like for sure. So, yeah. right. So this is excluding parents who cannot afford it. Right. Um, and I'm going to expand it beyond Nigerian, whatever, African, right? I think that when you bring a child into the world, it's your responsibility to give them the best life possible. Mm. And in that, 
if you do not do a good job of fostering their interests, they're going to get older and not know what they're interested in. So the scenario you're talking about where they're now it's time to pay for school and now you got to choose something that makes sense. I totally understand that. But then you're still saying they'll find something they're interested in along the way, sort of like, I think it's our duty as a parent, right? I mean, this is my own personal conviction, right? As a parent, you should be, you should be investing in your child's interests just, just as if it's like their education. The same way you invest in their education, the same way you sit down and tutor them, the same way you make sure they're getting A's in their class is the same type of energy you should be applying to their interest too, right? And that means try this. Oh, you're not good at that? Cool. Now we know you're not good at that. Okay, try this one. Oh, okay, you're not good at that. Okay, you try this one. Oh, you actually like that one, but you're not that good. Okay, we'll foster that one for a year and we'll see how good you get. You know, like this is the type of effort that I don't you think you see getting put in in general. Now, narrowing it down more specifically, Nigerians do not do this. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I haven't seen that. Maybe there are families that do exist that they do that to that extent. You know, like Fiend said she had that in her life. But I feel like they don't take that up as a serious duty. They, that, they just leave that to the kid. You figure that one out. We're going to focus on your education. But I think it's just important. Sorry. That's my own. I, I, I agree. I think you can, like, when they're growing up, offer it. Like, when I grew up, I like basketball. I took swimming classes. I did that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like it wasn't offered to me. Like, they invest, like, they invest into that. Like, I did club basketball. They paid for that. So. I think like when it just when it comes to college, because college is such a like a big expense for someone to pay out of pocket. Even if you like even have it, like that's that's really no, I, expensive. For, like, I agree. Investment. I agree that I agree that they should pay for a degree that's going to make money. Right. But prior to that point, you should have done a good job investing in their interests because at yeah, that point, they, they now they can take that up and say, OK, my dad did what he did or my mom did what she did to make me know what I am good at, what I like. And I can, I, I can expand that myself as I'm an adult now, you know, but if you don't at all, and then you're sitting confused as, as to why your 25 year old child is uh, debating whether or not they want to quit their six figure job. Don't be surprised. Like, mm-hmm. don't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, your job is your job, but I feel like if you have other interests, you can still do that as well, even after that. So, but if you don't know them, you can't do them. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously, you should offer it like when you're growing up and stuff like that. But for that first degree, I think you should definitely try to secure something. That okay, can make money. go ahead. Um, I mean, you guys kind of said what I was, or I said what I wanted to say, but yeah, like as a parent, it's your job to get to know your child. Um, it's your job to know what your child enjoys. It's your job to learn that. So. Putting education first, I mean, of course, education goes first, but only prioritizing education is actually kind of detrimental because by the time they get to college, they have no outlet and they get burned out. My mom is a therapist. She gets ASU students all the time. They're like, I can't do it anymore. Like, they just can't do it because they don't have anything else going for them. Like, when I was a kid, I tried so many things basketball, tennis, soccer, volleyball, dance, everything. My parents, whatever I wanted to do, I asked them, I was able to do it. And I'm very grateful for that because now I know I don't like tennis. I don't like volleyball. I was able to find that out at a young age. <laughs> don't laugh. You're like 5'2", so you play volleyball. It's just so funny. <laughs> I was a setter. Uh, but um, I rolled the bench a lot. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I was able to learn all those things. So like now that I'm an adult, it's like I kind of 
have an idea of what fits me. I'm not, I'm not doing things that don't make sense at mm. my grown age. Like, I feel like you have all that time as a child to learn what you, you think you might be good at and parents that don't allow you to do that. And they have the money to invest in that. I think is unfair. And I think you're, you know, cutting their childhood short and just telling them, Oh, straight to college, you know, get a job, do this, do that. And also, um, Dang, I forgot what I was going to say. I got something to say, though. Go ahead. I just said too many facts. <laughs> I know David said, like, the college aspect. Like, let's say, oh, um, if your child says, oh, I want to be a, an artist or something, I feel like you can still pick a degree that's profitable that will still allow them to pursue their passion. What, if they like art, have them major in marketing. You know what I mean? So they can go into and express their artistic ability. If they like fashion, have them major in like business. So they have that like business aspect to apply. It doesn't have to be like, you like this, so major in this. Like you can still find a profitable degree that will fit their interests. So um, I think it's just when parents hear, oh, I like this, they automatically assume that the degree must be that as well. Um, but in my opinion, college is becoming outdated because I know so many people, including myself, who don't even use their degree. Like, even if the degree is, like, in a high-paying field, like Aura said, they end up being those people making six figures want to quit because they're experiencing burnout, mental breakdowns, no um, depression, anxiety, no emotional intelligence because they don't know what to do. And as my friends, you guys know, I like to hop from hobby to hobby because I don't know <laughs> what I like to do. There are two paintings in the back. When's the last time I painted? Hmm? It's because <laughs> no idea. Exactly. It's because I just like to try. I don't know what I like. Pretty much. I mean, now I know what I like, you know, different things. Short man. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you don't want to be like at that. I mean, the 20, you, we're only in our 20s. You know, we have a long life to live. So I feel like we also put like a timeline on like you should have everything figured out by now. So at the same time, I just feel like this is 20s are your time to explore what you do and don't like. I will agree fostering it in your childhood will make it easier in your 20s to figure it out. So mm -hmm. um, don't cut me off. Sorry, man. Sorry. Also, a lot of parents don't even ask their kids, do they want to go to college? Like, why are you just assuming that I, I want, I mean, let me not talk about me, but I really didn't want to go to college, but whatever. Um, a lot of parents don't ask their kids, do they want to go to college? And they end up being miserable. Like the parents don't know why they're failing classes, why they're not going to class, why they're depressed, why they're this, that they don't want to go to college. And then a lot of people don't know that community college is an option. Like you go take out loans, do all this stuff at four year college. You don't do well. What now you have all these loans to pay. You could have started at a, a community college. I wish I did that. Same. Because it would have helped me figure out what I wanted to do more. And now I'm like, let me just finish a degree. Like I'm already, I have the loans, I have the stuff. Let me just finish. But if I could go back to high school, I think I would have started at community college and then work my way up or even learn a trade, cosmetology school. There's so many options now. Like there's so many ways to make money. Only fans. Not quite. Mute him. Mute him. Yeah. <laughs> it's an option, though. It's an option, though. It's not our options in Jesus' name. Oh, my Amen. God. Um, <laughs> there's so many different things. There's so many ways to make money now. Like, college is not the only way. Even though, like, a lot of people, a lot of places, you don't get respect if you don't have a degree. But there's plenty of people who don't have degrees, and they're up there. So it's like, 
know what your kid wants to do. It all boils down to knowing your kid, learning about your kid, and not just being the one providing money, not just being the father or mother, whatever. Learn your child as a person. Like they're more than just a child. They're a human being. They have feelings. They have thoughts, and they have interests that need to be brought out. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't parent your child for the sake of others. If that makes sense. Don't parent your Mm. child. Don't parent your child for the fact that. Amen. This one is going to say you didn't do this and their child is doing so. Don't parent your child for the sake of others because mm-hmm. you didn't have a child for other people. You had your that yeah. child. Can you say it again so I can drop a bomb for you? Mm-hmm. Don't drop it like it's hot. Child. Don't parent your child for the sake of others. A lot of Nigerian parents need to hear that. And don't compare them. Stop comparing them to this world. You brought them into this world. You're different. You're getting... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> into this world and I think you owe it to them to parent them to be the person they're meant to be. That's how these kids end up with no purpose because they're living for the sake of others. No, parent a ch- child to know their individual self and not think for what other people are thinking. So, Got you. On the um, topic of like parent responsibilities, mm-hmm. there's this tweet, right? I don't know if you guys looked at the notes. Um, there's a tweet talking basically about uh, parenting adult children and like paying rent so do you feel like once like a child is like an adult do you feel like a parent is still like obligated in like providing like let's say like rent or like financial needs or something like that because there's a side that believes that like oh like you hate your kid like if you would ever like um you know have them pay rent like if they're in their 20s or something like that or have them like provide financially like that or, and then there's another side that feels like, you know what, like if you're an adult, like it's not really like helping your child if you're like providing any everything for them because you're not really helping them to grow to be like responsible and they'll be 30 and they like won't know how to pay a bill. So what do you guys think though? Um, as somebody that lives in my mom's house rent free, I'm very, very grateful that I have somebody a mom to live with like a lot of people might not have that so I can see where they're coming from like oh I had to get it on my own I got it out the mud you got handouts and da, 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 da. not everybody's lifestyle is like that and that's okay I don't think it makes you a bad parent if you make your child pay rent because you might need the money like there's both sides and it's very um situational you can't just put the same eyes to look at each situation because everybody's different everybody's family dynamic is different like you can't just judge people like that. And also, um, you're a parent. You, you're you a parent forever. It doesn't matter if your child 100 years old, you're still their parent. So you feeling like, oh, they're an adult. They don't need me. I don't need to be in their life. It's stupid because what did you have kids for if you don't want to be a parent? Like, But it's not about like not being in their life, but it's just like giving like giving them like responsibility so they can like really grow and be an adult. Because if you're like taking care of them like for everything, you're not really helping them. Like you're just paying and doing everything for them. So like giving them a responsibility to actually like, you know what, let me learn how to um, do this and that by myself. So I'm not like always depending on my parents. Like what I was saying earlier with like Nigerian parents, like we come from like a sheltered background and then like everything is like closed. Like I never did this stuff. And so like now that I'm adult, it's like kind of harder to like do it compared to someone else that like maybe they're doing it when they were younger as well. So I think not like just abandoning them or something like that but just giving them like more responsibilities, like as they're growing up, like don't let them be like in their forties and you're still like 
paying for some uh-huh. of the things they should pay for. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's no, there's like people that like will they'll argue like, yo, like as long as they're your child, like you should be like, you know, providing for them. Like if they're struggling financially, like just provide for them. So, so I'm gonna line, touch on, sorry. Sorry, I'm gonna touch on it real quick. Um, there's a balance like there is with everything, right? So and it's very circumstantial and situational. I don't know if you guys heard of like Dr. Not to bring in pop culture or whatever, but Dr. Dre's daughter, she's struggling. She's living in a car. Um, that type of situation, that's unacceptable. Dr. Dre, she should not be living in a car. Simple. Especially because he's worth over a billion dollars, right? But if we're talking about like normal conditions, right? Um, I think that, you know, if the adult in your house can do it, they should be doing it. And if they're not, it's the parents' job to push them to. Um, and if there's some sort of thing that's making it difficult, the the parents there to like make it easy. So like say they're going to school and they just don't have enough money to pay rent, then the parent makes it easier by helping them with the rent, giving them free place to stay, right? You know, there's places where they help, but then keep treating them like they were when they were 13 is not doesn't make any sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know well, I, yeah. Go on, sorry. Go. They're they live with their parents, but like ever since they were in high school, they had a job. They were filing taxes. So like they still get help from their parents, but their parents help them become independent. So I think that's also a good way to balance it. Like if you are gonna be still provided for your child, let them get those life experiences to learn how to be an adult in the real world and still help them out as a parent. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that's a little bit different for African children living in like, you know, African households is that our parents never had that. Like growing up, they were dependent forever. They were always dependent. There's no, you know, if you're in college, you need to find a job. There's nothing like that. Like there's no, you know, Nigerian youth don't, they don't work until they're doing NYSE, you know, stuff like that. So they've always been dependent on their parents. And, you know, even though their parents may not have much, that's just what it was. So like, it's just a different dynamic here in America where, you know, um, obviously not everybody. And like Nikki said, it just depends on how your family is, but it's just, you know, it's to get it on your own. It's like, I want to hustle. I want to do what I have to do because I don't want to be, you know, a leech forever. Um, and then on the other side of that, it's like, okay, you're my parent and, you know, I'm not going to beg you to provide for me, but if, if, if me living here is not so much of a headache, then I'm going to live here for free. You know, that's just what it's going to be. So like, I, I guess it's just two sides to it. Um, but yeah, of course, I think, I don't I don't know if if Nigerian parents baby their children, um, but I, I would say I think I think they do um, just like in, I think a lot of Nigerian kids can say that. Yeah, you know, my, my parents just didn't give me the chance to just be myself and grow into my identity as an individual. Like, this is me. This is what I want to do. This is like if I'm going to make a mistake, let me make my mistake. And, you know, obviously parents are there to lead you in the way you need to go to. But. You know, sometimes, you know, how do you how do you learn to walk if you don't fall? Like, you know, you, you have to get you have to learn that you have to learn that. So, um, yeah. Cool. So when are you guys going to have kids? <laughs> or get, married get married first. Yes. God Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> so when are you getting married first? I mean, having kids, sorry. The one uh, I have. Kids, I'll be married. So, well, what, when, you, when are you gonna get married? Oh, Maybe. like what age? Yeah. Um, I don't want to give myself some kind of crazy limit, but maybe by like thirty, 
I don't know. I don't want to be tying myself down with husband and children too early. I still want to live my life. Uh, I don't think I want to have. I, I've been thinking about it right now. I don't. I don't think I'm ready to have a child until I'm at least 28 years old. Um, By that age, because uh, there's some things I there's some goals that I'd like to achieve between now and then. So I wish I would have. By then, I I hope I would have achieved those things. You know, if not, then we can push it out a bit further. Um, but that's that's where I'm because you got to like kids cost a lot of money. Like and I don't want to struggle about, oh, I don't have enough money. So I got to only I can only have two kids. Like I don't I don't these a situation like that. I don't like it. Like I like how it is in Nigeria where and maybe it's irresponsible. I don't know. But they have as many kids as they feel like they want to have, you know. They, they make a way to take care of them, you know, but, you know, obviously in America, it might not be the same. Um, that's why I said, you know, I would like to be in a certain bracket because I would like that comfort. What bracket? I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that confidential, you know, you but good? a specific. bracket. I would, I would like at least five kids, at least five kids, ideally. I'm crying. <laughs> Um, I mean, when you said you said like you know they provide for them, Nigerian Nigerian families in Nigeria, you know, of course they do what they have to do, but a lot of them are struggling and suffering. Like you know, they just there's there's also the 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 lack of education with childbearing. A lot of people just have children because it's just oh okay, I can have children. I'm I can reproduce. Let me just be having. Let me just be having children because it just looks good. But a lot of them, a lot of people don't understand that. Okay it's not the best financial, it's not responsible to just have all these children, you know, you can't provide for them. They're suffering, you know, right, you have five right. kids and, and people are clapping for you. Hey, congratulations. But your youngest doesn't have food, you know? So it's like, it's like, how, how can we like find, find a, a balance? Um, but going back to your question, I think, um, yeah, I think between like 27, 28, um, 29 to have kids because, even if I do get married early, it's like, I want me and my husband to have our time, like, you know, just us for a few years because children, enjoy. yeah, children in reality are, are, you know, burdens. It's just, that's just it is. like, you have to, you have to put time towards them, money towards them, think about their future. And, you know, that's just another, another part of you that you have to think of all the time. There's no rush to have kids. Like both my parents had me when they was in college and it's like, there's really no rush. That's my biggest thing I've learned. Like once you have a child, your life is never the same. You can't do anything for yourself anymore. You're always thinking about you and your child. I don't want to have to do that. So I want to live my life for me first before I start living for somebody else. What about you, David? Uh, 23. Where's your wife? Aren't you 22 right now? What do you mean you're going to have a child by 23? I need you to He's put, a um, sickle. Don't, don't worry. It's going to happen. Put crickets. Put crickets in that area where David said, I want you to put crickets. I'm going to go back and post and put crickets. Just, just watch, bro. What did I turn 23? January? David, I hope so you know that your daddy's going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I'll let him listen. You've been crazy, Miss Shasta. So you have prospects to give somebody a child? Who's the prospect? Who's the prospect that you want to give them the child? Man, don't worry about it. Just answer the question like a normal person. What? I said 23. No, not possible. 
Anyway, twenty five. not having a ca- kid at twenty five, bro. No. Why? There's some stuff you gotta wait. Get. Why are you cursing me, bro? Like, I'm not cursing you. You can't. Like, I'm I'm just... like, kid, nigga. Oh, David, David, David. Like, right. Why can't I have that at 25, though? Let me answer the question. Yeah, I have kids. Mm-hmm. And how many do you want? We'll go back around and say how many you want because already answered that. Nobody else answered that. I'm 24 right now, so maybe 28. Yeah. 28 to 29. That's crazy. I can't even imagine Fee. She's going to be like four years from now. She's going to have a baby. Like, that's going to be so weird. Imagine that. She's going to be nursing. That's crazy, bro. And my mom will be a grandma. How many kids you want? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think I want three. Like my mom. Like boys, girls. What do you, you know? Just like my dynamic now, two girls, one boy. I think I want two, but I know my maximum is four. So like, oh. I'll plan for two, and then you know, the rest may come. Whatever. Um, I don't have like specific boy girl, but I want to have the boy first, then the girl, and then the rest don't matter because I want the big brother to watch the little girl. I agree. Because I wish I had a big brother. So. Little brothers are annoying. You can say that again. I want between three and five kids, but it's probably going to end up being three. Um, like you said, I want the oldest to be a boy, and then I don't care about the rest. Like, I don't want all boys, but like boy, girl, boy, or you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I want more than two kids for sure because I think two kid houses are kind of boring. <laughs> Just, you know, I want more, like, you know, more experience, you know, just so there's a more better experience, better dynamic um, within my kids. So do you say that because you come from a two kid household? Yeah. And I'm the oldest. And it's like, I wish I had an older brother, or older sister. I feel like that would just change my change me completely. Like, like, you know, I just it just not that it was boring or anything. Like, you know, we were younger. It was cool. But it's like now that we're older, it's like dang, I just wish I had somebody that could have maybe taught me a lot more about myself and how to kind of handle life, so. It also helps to have, like, more than two siblings in case you're, like, beefing with one yes. of the siblings. Exactly. Because, you know, I'm the oldest of three, right? So sometimes my siblings will gang up against me. Sometimes me and my sister will gang up against my brother. Sometimes yeah. my brother will me. So it's like that, like, dynamic. But if you're you and one other sibling, you're fighting, you don't have anyone else to go complain exactly. to. Exactly. So I see where you're coming I don't think I've ever fought with my siblings because I'm older than all of them. Like, I can't be beefing with a five-year-old. It doesn't make sense. Like, you were surprised. <laughs> with a five-year-old. You ate my snacks. What about David and Aura? Did you guys answer? Oh, Aura already answered that. Okay. Sorry. Did you answer? How many kids? Aura answered. David, how many? Um, I think I want three to five as well. Um, the oldest being a boy. Take that as you will. Why are you looking like that? Why, why is he doing that? <laughs> Careful. Oldest being a boy. Take that as you will, sweetie. Oh check. yeah, and um, check out Nikki's new channel at Miss Nikki Nail Tech. Oh yes, I have a YouTube channel. Everybody go subscribe. YouTube Thank channel. You. She got ten k on TikTok, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. 
10,000 people know you, girl. Yeah, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're making me nervous. <laughs> the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, does anyone else have something they want to promote? Oh, I just uh-huh. opened a, um, a hair business, but that's like on the side, you know, this shameless plug. Give it. Melody does hair, guys. She does my hair Melody does hair. Yeah, where can I get my Y'all appointment? David, that doesn't sound like a legitimate <laughs> desire. But yeah, I do hair. Um, you know, just slowly getting there. So definitely tell your girlfriends, tell your mom, tell your friends, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you have Instagram? Um, I just opened my Instagram, so I'm gonna finish that and then I'll put that out Ooh, there. Okay. okay, go ahead, girl. Follow me at Fee Coco. I don't got a business to promote, so sorry, but um girl, promote yourself. Follow yeah, follow me you brushing her hair on live, bro. Yeah, and you can see this as well. Follow the girl. Go like, spam my pictures. Love you guys. What? All right. <laughs> Follow me too at David underscore Ojo. I'm an influencer. Yeah, we all influencers now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, follow me, O-A-J-U-L-O on Instagram. You know, I got some fire pics on there. You know, mm. I got photos. Evil believe that. <laughs> yeah, man, I take some fire pics, bro. Not nice. Bro, the way you're saying it, because I don't want to sound coggy. You know just shut I mean? up. Just promote yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you smoke. But uh, yeah, follow the podcast page. That's twenty somethings podcast underscore two zero somethings podcast underscore. Follow us on that. Uh, and you know, as always, man. Actually, you know, I got a poem this time. Roses are red. Mm. Violets are blue. It's twenty something podcast. We love you. We love you. Oh, we're in love with you. <laughs> hey, do you love me? Are you riding? <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Till next time. <laughs>